Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Egler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Monday. Welcome back to life. After a, a weekend of, I've got to say, somewhat disappointing divisional round of the NFL playoffs, uh, we're back to Aaron Rodgers trending on Twitter because everyone's trying to guess what's going to happen. I'm here to tell you, people, you can check out. You can just not pay attention. What is going to happen is going to happen, regardless whether you're keeping the pulse 24-7, 365 days a year or not. The Packers and Rodgers will come to some sort of agreement all in due time. Obviously need a decision from Rodgers as to whether he even wants to play next year first. But boy, howdy. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy watching Twitter just like spend the entire day. My entire timeline has been people arguing or sometimes just having a friendly back and forth about what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Are they going to trade him? How can they trade him? What's the cap ramification? It's Monday, people. Holy cow. So, I mean, hey, look, whatever floats your boat, if that's what, you know, passes the time for you, I certainly don't begrudge you for it. But I hope you're not coming to Cheesehead TV for that kind of thing, because holy cow, man. There are a million other aspects of this football team and this franchise that you can concentrate on. Most importantly for myself is the improvement of the rookie class. I mean, it's been a while since we had a rookie class this promising. And I'm not sitting here telling anybody that they've, they absolutely blew the doors off the place or anything like that. But I mean, almost top to bottom, this was a very, very promising rookie class. And as you know, a Packers fan who is trying to look towards the future um, rather than another day of pontificating about uh, the trade possibilities for the franchise quarterback. I'd love to talk about, you know, the play of these young guys. Um, obviously the weapons got a lot of the headlines and the kind of ink or pixels, if you will, this season, whether it was Romeo Dobbs earlier, Christian Watson late, um, the two young defenders who were taken in the first round, clearly Quay Walker is a talent. Um, yes, the penalties that got him tossed are a concern, but man, you talk about improving as the year goes on and playing some of his best ball down the stretch. He is a really exciting prospect. And then you've got Devontae Wyatt, who did not get on the field probably as much as people had hoped early in the year, but this kind of last month plus of the season, he certainly started to see the field more and certainly started to make the most of those opportunities. Again, he hasn't arrived. He hasn't shown, shown that he's ready to be a star or anything of that nature. But, man, you talk about a really good kind of swing out of the gate from a young, explosive defensive lineman, a position where, in general, it can take two to three years for a guy to really make an impact. Um, you really started to see kind of glimmers, little signs of what's to come with Devontae Wyatt. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole class, obviously, but I will just say, like, it's been a while since we've had this kind of impact from a rookie class. And now some of that was to be expected given the roster overturn from last year to this season, uh, trading away Devontae Wyatt, letting MVS walk, et cetera, and then having to remake that receiving room. You knew things were going to be different. There were going to be different opportunities for young guys, but um, just extremely excited. Um, and I haven't even mentioned Kingsley and Igbari, a kid who I got to admit was a bit of an afterthought until about the last week of camp when I was in Green Bay this summer, really started to come on, did that thing where you, you want to see a play a day, you know, 
when you're there at camp and you're thinking, oh, well, what can these young guys do? And when the young guys make a play every single day in camp, that's when you start kind of, you know, tilting your head a little bit and going, well, what's this guy all about? And then clearly throughout this season, uh, he had one of the best pass rush win rates in the league for rookies, um, and, uh, just as pat and edge rushers in general. And when Gary went down, no, he wasn't there to pick up the slack. No one expected him to come and be a one-for-one kind of substitute. But I will say, he gave them, I think, a lot more than most people probably were expecting. And again, that's as a rookie. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but the big key here is all of these young men now taking that as their springboard, not as something that, oh, we've arrived, I've finished my first year, I can sit back. Now they have to take that, use it as a springboard for their off-season work. And no one's saying that they have to you know, be back in the gym two days later or anything like that. But this is it, man. This is your chance to build on a really promising rookie season for each one, every one of these guys and make something special out of your career. And it all starts right now. Hopefully, that's what's going on. I know what's going on in this comment section. Got a lot of fine folks chopping it up. Lovely to see you all. Of course, TKM is here. TKM is at his post. Always good. Dennis, how are you, man? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Travis, I'm proud to say I don't have any Twitter apps on any of my devices. Hey, man, again, people operate in different ways. And that's cool. That's great. Uh, I have zero doubt that that uh, uh, allows you to operate distraction-free. Kelvin, thanks for the super chat. Listen to your SoundCloud mix today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that literally was just kind of... Uh, something where I every time I post about a DJ gig, I inevitably get a few people asking, what kind of music do you play? And so that was just a snippet of a gig kind of uh, last hour or so. Um, you know, there's some rough mixes in there, but it just gives you an idea of you know, the kind of thing I do. So, and thanks for checking it out. Um, Vex, thanks to Super Chat. Maybe Jerry Jones will list after 12 yesterday list after 12 yesterday got to admit vex i can't figure that one out maybe jerry jones will list lost after 12 yesterday after 12 after midnight after aaron Rodgers. i'm very confused about it super chat vex i'm sorry abdul thanks for the super chat aaron how would you handle san francisco qb situation in the summer Whew, baby um I mean, I know they would have liked to have traded Garoppolo last year, except that shoulder injury screwed up everything for them. Uh, no team was going to trade for him as he was you know, coming back and trying to rehab. So um, they gave up an awful lot of assets to get Trey Lance in the first place. And I know uh, Purdy's out here slinging it and looking great, but I would probably myself try to trade Garoppolo and let Trey Lance and Purdy come in, uh, basically compete for the job. That's how I would do it, but. Lord knows, uh, Shanahan's a different animal. Who knows which way they go? Um, Michael, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, how much was McCarthy missing Rodgers on that last drive? <laughs> I mean, probably a fair amount. Although I will say, I mean, you know, McCarthy had Rodgers in 2018. It seemed to paper over too many cracks. The 49ers are good. This is correct, Johnny Rivers. That is some deep dive analysis right there. They are good. And look, it's so funny watching, you know, this is now two games, two weeks in a row, reminding us of what would have happened had the Packers gone in to Levi Stadium. 
And I'm not saying the Packers wouldn't have given them a game because I think they would have. I just think, you know, the 49ers are just clearly a cut above talent, coaching, execution, consistency, all of it, you know. That said, you know, the 49ers were really bad for a long time and were getting a lot of opportunities to select premium talent in the draft. And, you know, they've made some big trades, some big swings, the McCaffrey thing this year. You know, they operate in a very different way. Um, and they had the opportunity, like I said, for a very long time, being as bad as they were, to get some really quality pieces. Now, the, on top of that, they've done an excellent job in the middle parts of the draft, which is where you know the guts of your team are built. You get you, uh, you get a Fred Warner in the fourth round. You talk about cooking with gas. I mean, you know, as much as I try to dismiss John Lynch just because he got into the Hall of Fame before Leroy Butler, which is a fucking farce, um, he's done an excellent job with that team. There is a little doubt about it. Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Would you say our defense improved from last year? It felt that way, but was surprised we ended up with the same ranking. Do you think we would still be playing if we had our offense from last year with our D from this year? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the offense last year wasn't exactly, you know, fireworks. It was more consistent, a little bit more efficient. Definitely, you know, move the ball a little easier. But now you give us the 2020 offense with this year's defense yeah i think they'd be winning a lot more but um yeah the defense is interesting because clearly joe barry was handed a boatload of talent and a lot of assets were kind of poured into that side of the ball right and to your point they did come out ranking pretty much the same if not even a little worse and depending on the rankings you're looking at that's concerning and i know rob had his report out this morning that the packers coaches have had their meetings and now they're somewhat adjourned for the next few weeks um and it sure you know would suggest that joe barry is indeed sticking around as matt said at the end of the season which i'm not surprised by but man that side of the ball got to be doing some work because they got way more talent than they showed this year to be a lot they should be a lot more consistent when you've got that amount of talent to work with there's no reason for teams like the eagles to run up a billion yards on you i mean i understand the eagles are good don't get me wrong, but that's embar- that was an embarrassment. Um, some of the games early in the year when they couldn't stop a crosser or an over route, a deep over route was like kryptonite to this team. Like they'd never seen it before. What were you doing all summer? That's the kind of thing where it's like, that's coaching. You know, there's way too much talent on this team for me to be sitting here and going, oh yeah, well, clearly it's just that individual guy or that particular position. No, 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 no. That's coaching. Um, it, And I don't think that's you know, more evident than that Minnesota game, the second Minnesota game, where you saw the potential come to fruition. It's like, yeah, that's what they can be when they're allowed to be. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's as kind of cut and dried, Abdul, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, oh, wait, where, where'd it go? There we go. Vex. Lust. <laughs> get it i get it now i see maybe jerry jones will lust after 12 after yesterday uh i mean it's possible it's entirely possible but i don't think mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers are ever going to work together again despite the bouquet parade we saw earlier this year when the cowboys came to lambo i'd be very very surprised but hey i've been surprised before i will say i know peter king put out his thing of 
you know, the Packers would expect two first-round picks or would want two first-round picks, and Woody Johnson of the Jets would be more than amiable to sending that and paying the necessary contract and blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you what, all that does is underline, just takes one owner, and these owners can be stupid. And trading for a nearly 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers and giving up two first-round picks for it and taking on that contract would be the definition of stupid. But, hey, NFL owners do stupid shit all the time. So, entirely possible Jerry, Jerry Jones makes that call. I'm not going to sit here and completely dismiss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, <laughs> we thought they could fight the Eagles. They couldn't even pinch the Jokers, LOL. Nicely said. Um, rookie class. Can Watson and Dobbs be the next Lofton and Jefferson? Ooh. Um, I hope it's a little bit more productive than that. Um, I love Lofton and Jefferson. Don't get me wrong, but Jefferson was a pretty significant disappointment after the trade. We were all very excited about the potential, but, uh, that, Production never really materialized. Um, but I think they can be insanely effective. There's no doubt about that. And I think they complement each other really well. Obviously, Watson is the home run threat, but Dobbs can operate and probably beat a number two corner um, and do a lot of the possession stuff, a lot of the stuff over the middle. Um, and we've clearly shown his playmaking ability. You know, that touchdown in Buffalo is amazing. So, yeah, I love the way they complement each other. And I think they can grow together in this offense and be a really formidable pair going forward. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Do you think Matt LaFleur sticking with Barry will be his downfall? Someone like M. Mike McCarthy sticking with Capers for all those years. It's possible. It's possible. The difference for me with those two, um, comparing them, <coughs> comparing those two would be, I understood why Mike stuck with, by capers because of you know the fact that he was handed so much less on the defensive side of the ball you know so often it was like well if the guy gets injured we're just going to call someone from the practice squad or you know we'll have this undrafted free agent or we'll sign somebody off somebody else's practice squad that was just how ted operated right whereas with barry it's like he's been handed the goods he's been given the talent so to see him kind of middling through here two years in a row, especially the second year when he had, you know, a pretty complete unit, yeah, Matt LaFleur sticking with him. And I've said that before. It, Matt wants to stick with his guy. He wants to have continuity on his staff, and he thinks that they can develop and grow. And that's great, and I, I applaud it. That's, that's, you know, his decision as the head guy in charge, and that is his prerogative. There's no doubt about it. The Staff that he assembles is completely up to him. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, none of those folks have say in it. And that's probably how it should be. At least I think so. But you are giving yourself, you are painting somewhat of a target on yourself. If we see more of the same shit next year, if there's no noticeable improvement, then you are firmly in the crosshairs. And here's the thing, and I think Matt knows this. Even if they come out next year and have a similar season to what they had this year, I still don't think he ends up getting fired. I think he's given the opportunity to 
make a change at defensive coordinator, which maybe he does then next season. But, you know, he did just get handed a five-year extension. And look, I they could come out and stink it up next year and then maybe Murphy fires him. That's entirely possible. But I don't think that's how traditionally how Mark Murphy operates, you know? He's going to take that 30,000-foot view. He's going to give Matt every opportunity to succeed for as long as possible. <coughs> that's my guess, anyway. And that's all it is, is a guess. Uh, what else we got here, folks? TKM. Thanks for the Super Chat. Three years removed from McCarthy, who's in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is not. Did who make the better decision? Peppies. <laughs> it was time. We all know it was time. doesn't matter that Mike was in the playoffs this year and Rodgers wasn't, you know, it, it just, it was time. It was absolutely probably past time for the two of them to be separated. It had gotten very stale, very comfortable, very little innovation, very little looking forward. It was just kind of like, oh, we're just running what we run and we were really comfortable and we don't really have to do too many new things. And I think we heard a little bit of that from Matt in his postseason presser. When he talked about needing to get back on the cutting edge and looking forward and things of that nature, that's something that Matt, Mike's crew never really did. Um, so, but yeah, the the Rogers and McCarthy thing—it was just time. Like, regardless of what happens with either one of them uh, in their post-Packers days, um, it, it was that, that was a relationship that just couldn't continue. Craig, thanks for super chat. Next, what is your take on flag? Footback nonsense for the Pro Bowl, flag football nonsense for. Why does the NFL even bother anymore? I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. That the flag football, and they're gonna have dodgeball, and come on, that'll be fun. I mean, look, I'd rather have that than the kind of abomination that the Pro Bowl game had turned into. Look, when I was a kid, I loved the Pro Bowl, and they actually tried. I mean, you don't have to look much further than go back and look at. Uh, uh, some of the like early '80s Pro Bowl highlights, and you you see guys actually tackling and hitting. None of that happens anymore, and you know that. And it's just, it become kind of impossible to watch. So at least this will be fun and a little bit competitive and not too serious. This is what it should be. So yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Kevin, thanks for the super chat. My one complaint with Lafleur is the team just seems to come out flat 50% of the time and can't handle when they get punched in the mouth. They just fall apart. Kevin, I, we've talked about that both here and on Watch Party, and I hear you. I will say I thought they did a better job this year in that regard. Look no further than the Cowboys game. Look no, uh, look at the Eagles game. Like They didn't win it, but they were down 14 nothing like that. You're telling me, you know, in days past, a Chargers game comes to mind. When they get down, it's over. It's like a snowball effect. That didn't happen this year. Yeah, they lost a lot more. They lost a lot of games, but... It was never, it was rarely a case other than the Jets game. It was rarely a case where, you know, it felt like they were flat and they never kind of got out of it and punched back. Uh, like I said, the Cowboys game was uh, outstanding in that regard. I mean, they were down two touchdowns, started the fourth quarter and came back and won that game in overtime. That's not a thing that I think we would have expected out of a Matt LaFleur team earlier in his tender, tenure. And I would also point to the fact that they lost, had the five game losing streak. They beat the Cowboys. You're thinking, okay, we're turning it around. Then they lose to the Titans. Everything could have fell apart right there. And the fact that this team stuck together and really never gave up and kept working and didn't point fingers, that's a testament to Matt. It really is. And I think as much as 
the disappointment of the season will linger for a very long time. I think that's some of his best coaching. I really do. I really do. And I know people are going to say whatever they're going to say. And that's fine. I, you guys are allowed to your, allowed your opinion, obviously. But I, you know, it's easy. And this is what I've said. And I said this, I think, the day that Matt was hired. Like, you don't really know anything about a coach until they go through adversity, until something really, like, they go through a stretch that's really difficult. And I think we found out some stuff about Matt this year. And hopefully, yeah, he said, got to go over the fine-tooth comb, the entire operation, making sure that, you know, the mistakes that were made are learned from. And I think they will be. But, you know, I think we found out a lot more about Matt this year than we did when they were winning 13 games. I really do. And I think most of it is positive. Not all of it. Most of it. Accidental Hero, thanks for the super chat. Mike Wall sees a systemic problem. Too many things not getting fixed. Communication, bad tackling, etc. You agree? I missed being here live. What's up, Accidental Hero? I haven't seen you in forever. Um, yes, the the problems for me are a point of, what do you call it? Um, the old adage, you, know, you get what you emphasize. Uh, it's clear that they're working a lot on certain things. And you can see that somewhat during training camp when practices are open. Um, but there are other things that, you know, the communication thing is a perfect example. I mean, you come out of camp and you go to that Minnesota game or even the first month of the season on defense and there are easy switches and easy, like seemingly should be easy things that, you know, there, there are guys in the, the wrong position, not passing things off, not getting the calls correctly in the defensive backfield. Like that's a thing that, you know, you would suspect would be hammered home and be emphasized and be one of the kind of bedrocks of what you're trying to do on defense, especially in a scheme that is so dependent on kind of looking the same pre-snap, but then changing post-snap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's hard for me to say it's systemic. I mean, I wouldn't know unless I'm in the building. Right. But I do think you get what you emphasize and it's clear the things they are emphasizing are still not doing well enough. And the things that are maybe not, being completely shoved aside, but are giving short shrift are kind of hurting them. Um, I will say the missed tackles is always interesting to me just because remember when Barry showed up and they had come off of that last season with Patton, like they were a, had a great tackling team. And that first year under Barry, they were outstanding. Like two seasons ago, they were a very good tackling team. And then you come to this year and a lot more missed tackles. And, you know, I remember his first season, we were like, what did Barry do? Like, where did this go? Like, how did he, kind of snapped this around so quickly. Now, then you come this year and, you know, like I said, a lot more missed tackles. I just wonder, are were they doing the same things with the same kind of emphasis being had, whether it's fundamentals, whether it's tackling drills, because obviously they're not doing live tackling in practice. Um, I do wonder, like, if something changed there. Because, like I said, they were outstanding his first year in the building. I miss having a successful head football coach. That's funny. Matt, thanks for Super Chat. Season was a success. Swept the Bears, beat Minnesota at home, beat Dallas, and Jair stole the gritty forever from JJ. I mean, obviously you're grading on a curve there, but yeah, once it became apparent that this team was not Super Bowl bound, man, sweeping the Bears, beating the Vikings, beating Dallas. That's what it's all about, baby. Gotta love it. Ayahuasca, thanks for Super Chat. I said in the 21 offseason that if Rodgers came back, that anything less than a Super Bowl win that season was a waste. Never did it. I imagine I'd be saying the same thing three years later. I'm here for it. We'll see how the offseason plays out. But I uh, don't disagree. Craig, thanks for the Super Chat. What is your over-under on when Aaron Rodgers is going to make his call? June, before or after? Oh, way before. 
he'll make his call prior to the start of free agency, which is in the spring. I can't remember mid March or whatever. Um, Cause he has said, and I totally take him at his word and he's shown that he's amiable to doing this. You know, he, the Packers have to, when the new league year begins, they've got to be able to operate and know what their quarterback situation is going to be and who's going to be the quarterback. Um, I'm a thousand percent sure that Aaron will give the Packers an indication one way or the other prior to the start of the new league year and the start of free agency. So that would be, like I said, in March, that definitely will be well before June. Thomas, thanks for super chat. The fact that LaFleur mentioned hero ball in his conference, knowing it's a buzzword, I think says a lot. I think a trade is happening. They want their organizational control back, back to football. Yeah, Thomas, we talked about that on uh, Transplants and Watch Party and a couple other places. Think here as well. The the hero ball comment from LaFleur was noted. And I don't know if it's as pointed as maybe we all think it might be. But the fact that he did bring it up unprompted, because, you know, a few weeks earlier, I remember Matt Schneiderman had asked about hero ball. And Matt had kind of bristled at it. And for him to circle back and then bring it up again unprompted was noteworthy. No doubt about it. Now, that said, um, I don't think, you know, the trade is about organ- getting organizational control back because he's playing hero ball. I don't think that's it at all. Um, I do think they're certainly having discussions about their direction going forward. And, you know, if you are trading Aaron Rodgers, it certainly changes the landscape of the franchise, the building, everything, everything going on with the Green Bay Packers. Of that, there's no doubt. Ed, thanks for Super Chat. Bring back the college all-stars playing the NFL champs. Yes, I remember when the Pack lost to the college kids. Yes, and Vince Lombardi was instrumental in stopping that practice because of that game. Um, Remember, there were two things, two traditions that Vince put a stop to. One, uh, the college all-star game, and then two was the Packers and Lions playing every Thanksgiving. Now, obviously, in the modern era, Packers still occasionally go to Detroit for a Thanksgiving game, but it used to be every year, and Lombardi hated it. And they always played poorly. And he finally kind of leaned on the NFL and said, this is, I don't want to do this anymore. God bless you, Vince. Abdul, thanks for Super Chat. Not sure if this would make things better. And I know he has final say usually, but do you wish Murphy was more involved? Example, firing Barry and staff. No, a billion percent no. No, underline, italicized no. Hire the football people, let them do the football. And I know he played in the league, and I know he was an NFLPA rep, and I know his history. I understand Mark Murphy knows probably a lot more about football than most owners, but no. He is a figurehead. He's a businessman. He is there to run the organization, be the CEO of Green Bay Packers, Inc. He is not there to make football decisions. And the more that seeps into the football side of things, the more it muddies the waters and the, the weaker your organization becomes. Absolutely not. Have I uh, made that clear? Um, Matt LaFleur learning on the fly, or is that grace period over? Oh, Matt, this is the official corner to have turned. This is it. That was 100% yes. Never been a head coach before. Um, it's got this, you know, this quarterback who, at the moment of his hiring, was fading, and he's turned him into a two-time MVP, blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, all the while... Uh, maybe some clock management stuff, maybe some decision making in game, what have you. Um, the wh- whatever he was doing when it came to his relationship with Mike Pettin, and then making the hire Joe Barry, uh, kind of feeling his way, you know, growing into the job. That's all true, but that is done. 
100% done. He is he can only be judged by the final product. And to his eternal credit, and people like kind of poo-poo this, but I actually 100% appreciate it. You know, Matt always says and always does kind of put it out there that you know, it starts with him. And look, I know that doesn't satisfy the rabid masses who want people fired every day, but you know, Matt rarely if ever throws people under the bus and I really appreciate that. The guy kind of wears it. And uh you know, all the shit you see across this league, uh it 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 I don't know. I I appreciate that approach without question. Uh, Aaron Rodgers plays hurt and he's selfish. Pat Mahomes plays hurt and he's a god. Uh, I saw that going around today, Dennis. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody. I mean, I didn't hear anybody call Aaron Rodgers selfish. That's my thing. Like maybe people were. I just I never saw it. Uh, I saw people kind of marveling at the fact that he was throwing a football with a broken thumb. But, I mean, everybody's got a different timeline. Everybody's got a different kind of media consumption. So maybe people were. But I just, that feels like a bit of a straw man by the internet. Um, But that said, you know, Mahomes is a lot younger, too. The fact that he's going to be playing through a high ankle sprain is absolute insanity. I can't even believe that. But it's going to be fun to watch this weekend, no doubt. Abdul, thanks for Super Chat. Love all our players, but any Packers that would annoy you or you'd hate if they were on another team. Yeah, Zadarius Smith. hey Um, No, currently? No. I'll tell you what, though. You know what would bug the hell out of me if he was on somebody else's team is Jair. And that's, you know, by design. He loves that role. He was like that in his playing days in Louisville. He gets inside your head. You know, he gets guys going, players and fans. If he's on your team, you love him. When he's on the opposing team, you just like hope that you can limit what damage he does. Or like the Bears, you know, beat him on a long pass or two and they think they won the Super Bowl, you know, because it's Jair Alexander. But thank God he's ours and I love him. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.